0: Welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Well, hello everyone, live from Steam and the Star Wars from Washington Community High School in Washington, Illinois. You're listening to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois and I'm joined by Sean Degenhart. I just wanted to go to the station and pick up some power converters. We're going to get a lot of Star Wars humor like that today, I'm sure. John Redling Schaefer couldn't be here today, unfortunately. As uh, Well, fortunately, he has fatherly duties that take him all over central Illinois. Um, we are live, and we want to let you know you can find us on social media. Uh, you can email us at podcast the Hyperion Hub. Drop us a note or send us a voice recorded message. We may play it on the show. For those of you who don't know, like I said, we are a Disney-based podcast. And with that, we like to talk about Star Wars from time to time. And we're going to bring in a very special guest to start things off. He's running away from me as we speak. But we will bring him in.
1: (laughs) It's time for our Disney Views.
0: (laughs) We start the show off with our Disney Views. We thought we could go around the table here and share our thoughts. Um, If Disney was going to expand Star Wars in the parks, and as you may know, they have uh, Galaxy's Edge. If they were going to expand, what else would they do? I'm going to start with Sean and then bring out our special guest.
1: I would get rid of all the timeline requirements and have more variety with character meet and greets. And just what you're able to do in the parks, not just be so tied down to the current timeline with the sequels. I want to be able to go to Mos Eisley. I want to be able to go to Hoth. I want to be able to visit all those places that we love from the original trilogy.
0: Mine is similar. We'll get to it in a moment. But first, let's bring in our special guest, our first guest on the show today and get his thoughts. He is the host of Coffee with Kenobi, world-renowned Dan Zare. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mr. Tallman and and Mom.
2: Yes. All right, hello. Can everybody hear me okay? Yes, good. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your uh, your two show, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, So uh, we actually did a similar thing on Coffee with Kenobi that Sean was a guest, which is great. Um, And I like the idea of the timeline because I think that can be a little restricting. I personally, and this is just my bias, I want all of the environment to be related to the original trilogy. I love Kylo Ren. I think he's compelling. I think Adam Driver is fantastic. But I think it would be fun for it to be Darth Vader because to me he is the icon. But again, that's because that's the stars I grew up with. There may be people who grew up with the prequel trilogy who think it should be Palpatine or, or Anakin as he turns bad before he becomes Darth Vader himself. There may be current people who want to see stuff like General Grievous who grew up with the Clone Wars. So what if you made it malleable, right? What if, hey, this year it was Darth Vader? What if this year it was Palpatine? I don't know, maybe that would be too hard to do. Um, The the Wizards at Disney can make anything happen, but I think it would be fun and more of a way to personalize the experience so that you weren't so bogged down in just, hey, this is the timeline. This is actually between, you know, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, which in time of the story is only one calendar year chronologically, uh, canonically. So I think that can be limiting.
0: Again, combination of the two, but my, I would like to see an actual Star Wars land. Not how you do this in Disneyland, but in Walt Disney World, you have space at, at Hollywood Studios, and maybe it's somehow connected to Galaxy's Edge, but let's leave Galaxy's Edge as a destination, and let's have a Star Wars-themed land. Think Fantasyland, where everything kind of, it, it doesn't have to be a cohesive story. There are bits and pieces of stories all over Fantasyland. You have a storybook circus, you have a little mermaid, you have a, a Snow White. So what if you had a Star Wars land that has a Hoth involved or, or you can go to Tatooine or, or incorporate all, not just the, the original trilogy, but everything involved with Star Wars, and that could include the TV shows that are currently running as well. So not just meet and greets, but attractions too, uh, dark rides or, or whatever. I mean, you can, you can do anything there. That's your canvas, right? Leave Galaxy's Edge in where you want to leave it for a timeline for another 10 years or so. Um, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to change. But if you had this other location, I think that that would be a, a nice... Way to uh, bring in more um, Star Wars fans in general. Thoughts? I, when you said have a Hawthorne, I feel like just go outside
2: now, yeah, well. and, and if you have a tauntaun belly, you'll be a lot warmer. But I, I like that idea because you wanted to be yours. Because my guess is you're imagining Walt's original vision for Disneyland in 1955 when you've got Adventureland, you've got Tomorrowland. So you walk in. I think you may have mentioned that too, where you walk in and every land has a different like what if this is oh in the west end of the park is the original trilogy straight ahead is the prequel trilogy to the right is the sequel trilogy maybe that would be something that would be good now that uh, there is a lot of land that would be involved in that that would be a big cost Uh, but I think in in an ideal world I love that idea and I'm happy to consult
1: if Disney needs me Take it a step further as a whole separate park, your fifth gate, where you've got the Jedi Temple in the middle of the hub, and then you branch off to all those other wonderful locations that we want to visit. And those could change from time to time. But you've got you know Coruscant right in the middle, everything going out from there.
0: Brilliant. We've settled it. All right. <laughs> I want to talk with Dan a little bit. Uh, how long has Coffee with Kenobi been part of the internet stratosphere? How, how long have you been doing this? And we can get into more as we go. Sure. Uh, the show, my first show started uh,
2: in May of 2013. And we are, I think, I think I just released show
0: number 718. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, um, what are some of those highlights? I mean, you, you've, you know, we've, the world of podcasting has allowed us to meet people that I don't know if we would necessarily have been in the same room with, you know, as much as we are. We've been able to to converse with you, but meet people all over the world. You've been all over the world because of Star Wars and your podcast and what you've created. So t- give us some of those some of those high-level moments, some highlights. I mean,
2: since we're on the Hyperion Hub being invited to be uh, to help open Galaxy's Edge in California and getting areas of the park all to myself with a personalized guide who would take me wherever I wanted to go and take as many pictures as I wanted. It was very special because that evening we got to um, go to the party in the ribbon cutting and Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Billy D. Williams, uh, George Lucas, um, Iger, Bob Iger were there too. Uh, that was really, really cool. Having access to all the different food, walking into Ogus Cantina and they say, here, try anything you want. Those were really, really great. Um, being able to um, have the opportunity to write uh, some books for Disney and Lucasfilm were great but I would be hard-pressed not to say being able to go to the premieres being able to go to Hollywood premieres getting to go to some of the cast parties and getting to spend some genuine time conversing with Harrison Ford it's something I will always treasure because I legitimately got to say this sentence Deanna there. this is Harrison Ford Harrison Ford, this is Deanna Zare And they got to shake hands and that. I even have goosebumps now, and I just I still can't believe that happened. But that was certainly a blessing that God gave me
1: that I will uh, always treasure. Now, besides the magic, Disney's also known for having a whole stable of lawyers. When you started off, how concerned were you with what can I do? What can I get away with? What can I talk about? What can I not talk about? And how has that relationship with Disney and Lucasfilm developed over the years?
2: So as far as what I got away with, I think we have an idea of what Sean Dagenhart was like as a kid. So that's interesting. Um, no, I, th- I think um, I was always very cognizant of that. Because I think if, if you think there's something that might cross the line, then you don't come within five miles of that line. Uh, I started coffee with Kenobi because I... I didn't think I would make money from the show. I was just having fun. I was very clear not to use specific images from Lucasfilm and Disney on any of my promotional stuff. Uh, The music that I use, uh, is John Wayne certainly inspired, but it's like a jazz, uh, mamba-type music. And uh, mambo, not mamba, that's that's Kobe Bryant's nickname, or a snake if you live in Australia. And I was very aware uh, to not use that kind of stuff because I think... You can sound official without, without officially taking things that do not belong to you because, as you said, Disney lawyers are very real. And the last thing I want to do is to get on that edge of things. And just through social media and just sort of carrying things away that I have, my first um, interaction with them was when I reached out to Lucasfilm and said, I, I use Star Wars in my classroom. Um, I just wanted to make you aware of that. If you already have a guest writer on StarWars.com, you know, I'd love to tell you how I use Star Wars in the classroom. And a couple of weeks later, uh, Matt Martin, who is one of the executives of Lucasfilm, but at that time was running Stars.com. he emailed me back and he said, that sounds good, send me a detailed outline. And I was so happy. Uh, and that led to another blog and led to me becoming a regular on stars.com for a long time. And that opened up a lot of different doors. But I really think, Sean, and I know you'll agree with this because this is how you both carry your lives, I think if you're patient, persistent, and polite – And you do your thing well, but do it appropriately and in a family friendly manner, I really feel like doors open up for you.
0: Perfectly said. Perfectly said.
1: Patient. What was it? What were the others?
2: Patient,
0: Patient, persistent, polite. Excellent. The three Ps. (laughs) Perfectly pontificated. (laughs) Dan, thank you so much. I think we're going to bring Tom up here now, our lead organizer. You are awesome to always come on our show whenever we ask you to come on, and, and you're very uh, giving with your time. We appreciate
2: it. Hey, I appreciate you guys, and always looking forward to that next invitation. I will always be there. Excellent.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We're going to bring up Tom Gross right now, and if somebody can tap, may, maybe tap him on yeah. the shoulder, here he comes. He is the lead organizer for STEAM in the Star Wars. He's the, the George Lucas of the room. Tom Gross will be joining us. Um, he is also the school librarian. Tom Gross, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Great to be here. <laughs> so let's talk about this event. How
3: many years has this been going on? So this is our eighth show uh, for Steam Into Star Wars. All, it, years ago, it started as a Star Wars Reads Day. And then a few years ago, we changed it and made it more steam oriented. And so we made it into Steam Into Star Wars. And STEAM, of course, uh,
0: science, technology, engineering, and the arts and mathematics. Why did you, how did
3: you get the idea to combine all of this with Star Wars? Oh, I felt like, I guess I felt like it was a natural match. Uh, you know, science fiction, you had droids, you have all sorts of, uh, you know, flight in space and that kind of thing. And so it seemed to match up really well with, uh, with science and plus. You know who doesn't love a good Star Wars art piece hanging on the wall and so there we matched up with our A in Arts and STEAM and then uh, and I just I don't know it just all seemed to come together as this makes sense to do and then of course being a former English teacher and a librarian we still keep the reading and writing aspect to uh, to the STEAM into Star Wars as well in addition to just the STEAM
0: talk about the importance for you just the the the
3: idea of, of sharing this what what why is it so important for you well working in education one thing that i i've always had a passion for is connecting students with their community they live in a community but sometimes they 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 don't have that awareness that i just i live here it's what i do and so bringing bringing the community into the school, into the school setting, and having local creators, artists, authors, and, uh, and and businesses, and bring it into the school makes it feel like more of a connection. And, and then on the other side, I love that our, our vendors make the connection with, with students and families of our community. The third part of it to me is that I want, you know, so many times I feel like I hear from students that, oh, I'm just from Washington or I'm just from this town or I'm just from that town. And all of our local artists and authors, they're from here and they are super successful and they are super talented. And so I want like my students and our students to know, your talents are good enough to be great, just like the people that you see here. And so by bringing people in and putting the theme of Star Wars around it to bring that excitement, that just, it all made sense to me.
1: I'm assuming you grew up loving Star Wars. So what is your first Star Wars memory that you have?
3: So my first Star Wars memory, my, uh, my, my family, including my grandma, took me to see Star Wars in the movie theater. And I, I'm eight years old. And I remember sitting, I had my grandma on one side, I had my mom on my other side, my dad was next, and then and I you know, I just remember being amazed and wowed from the beginning when that Star Destroyer flies over your head and it feels like it's rumbling in your chest and you feel like you're there. The memory to this first time seeing Star Wars, uh, besides all that childhood just wonder and excitement of lightsabers and, and blasters and spaceships, the memory that I have is the end when they're, may the force be with you, my dad turning to my mom and saying just loud enough for me to hear is, what's the force? He had fallen asleep while we were watching Star Wars and he asked what the force was at the end of the movie. And I'll never forget that, never, never forget that. (laughs) That's great.
0: Let's talk about this event in general. As we look around this room, we're once again at Washington Community High School in Washington, Illinois, and we have vendors and we have authors and we have uh we also have sponsors can you talk a little bit about what we're seeing here
3: sure um so the 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 vendors we have a local our local game and comic book store here that has always supported me in my clubs here at the school yeah zeke's comics and games and and so i always he's like one of the first people i contact i'm like okay Here's the date, okay? Put it on your calendar, because we need you there. And so, uh, so he's here. And then we have some other local vendors that uh, like the Tailored, uh, Tailored Geek, She, you know, the, the, the stuff that she makes is just so creative and, uh, and fitting to the, to the whole arts part of Steam and Star Wars. Um, and, and we have other vendors beyond that, but then we have our artists and authors. And the authors fit that component of the former Star Wars Reads Day. Uh, in fact, some of our authors have been here many years back into the Star Wars Reads Day era. And so they bring that idea of that reading and writing is super important and, and can be fun and exciting. And then the artists just, we have so many talented artists in our area. I mean, Cameron Johnson and Jeremy Berkeley and uh, um, Chris Grimm, they just are, are so phenomenal. And I love how all of their pieces are a little bit different. Um, and not a little bit different, but they have different styles, and, and they're just also cool. Um, and then this year, one thing we added to Steam into Star Wars is, well, first of all, besides adding square footage by using the, the balcony of our main gym, is uh, we brought in game demonstrations, because I think gaming is is an important part of of learning. Uh, gaming brings us uh, a, an idea of either collaboration or competition, and, and to be you know, a a fair and good competitor. Uh, Gaming also takes strategy, and there's so many skills that one learns in playing uh, games. And so we have uh, um, uh, Gamers for Good, a nonprofit organization running the game demos up there, along with a couple of Zeke's Comics and Games employees, and then our game club has a couple uh, students and a staff member running a a game demo up there as well. For charity? Yeah, Gamers for Good, yes, yes. They, uh, yeah, so they, they collect money and then they will, what they will do uh, is is they will purchase games or they will host game uh, game sessions in places where people might not have access to playing games or they might not have access to purchasing a game. And so they bring that, and you know, and it fits right in with the whole, hey, we want you to, to, to you know, have fun, but have fun and learn along the way. And so they give that opportunity to some people who may not have that opportunity to do that.
0: Tom, thank you so much. I know you're needed in about 12 other places. We appreciate you stopping
3: by and talking with us. Absolutely. And I appreciate you guys being here. This is your second year at Steam into Star Wars. And, uh, you know, I think the podcasts just bring a certain level of excitement and, uh, and interest. You know, the people hear us talk when we're, on the pod, you know, when we're on the podcast, but they rarely ever get to see us. Yeah. And so this is a great opportunity to be able to see us doing the podcasting and hear the conversation, but also get to meet us face to face. So thank you so much for being here. Really quick, you're on a couple of shows, right? Can you talk about those really fast? Absolutely. Uh, So I'm on a show with uh, Dan Zare uh, and Corey Club. It is called CWK Pour Over. And we just talk about all sorts of just really nerdy stuff. From Star Wars to Marvel, um, comic books—all that we talk a lot about comic books and things like that—and so CW Pour Over is a magnificent uh, show. I just—I that one is just like getting together with friends and just hanging out. And then my good friend, Dan Reem, who is a teacher here at the high school, he and I started a podcast about two years ago. Maybe it's three years ago now. I can't remember. But we, are, uh, we have a game club and we, have, uh, we play Dungeons and Dragons along with all the board games and things. And so Dan Reem and I started a podcast called Teachers in the Dungeon, where we talk about, we talk about our games, we talk about the game itself, and we interview folks that are in, creators and people who play the game. But we also do a really, as the, the name might imply, we also put a, a big focus on education and how RPGs help people in education um, uh, in many, many different ways. And so, so yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about those. Appreciate it. Of course. of course. Tom Gross, everyone.
0: The George Lucas of Steam and the Star Wars in Washington, Illinois. We have a guest coming up now and joining us at the table here. Um, He actually won a contest to be on the show. And his name is Jesse Mann. Everybody give him a a little applause here. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, First off, tell us about yourself. uh, What grade are you in and why are you here?
4: So uh, hi, I'm Jesse Mann. I'm in seventh grade. And I just really love Star Wars, my brothers do, it's just, it's just I feel like it's been through my entire life, I could just remember it from my like, first memories, you know, it's just been there forever.
0: What do you love most about it?
4: Um, I like watching it, and then there, there's some games that I like to play, Battlefront, that's a really fun Star Wars game to play, and then I also collect a lot of Star Wars Legos, that's, that's probably my favorite part, yeah.
0: Very cool.
1: Ewoks, yay or nay?
4: I love Ewoks. They're, they're so funny and little, and they're just really, really funny and goofy, you know.
0: Who are your favorite characters, or fav- do you have a favorite character?
4: I really like Darth Maul. And then there are some characters that aren't as famous in the Old Republic, like Darth Revan he He has a really cool character design, um so you know he's really cool, and then of course, Mandalorian grogu, all those really famous ones I really like
0: so uh, you mentioned a character who's not in the movies. do you also read books and do you do you explore the world of Star Wars in other ways besides films and t v
4: yeah i'm I read a book and it was all about actually Revan and the Old Republic and a lot about the Mandalore race, you know, so stuff about that you know. It was it was a really good book.
0: How about your family? Are they are they uh, big Star Wars fans?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. So my brother Nathan, he watched like the Clone Wars series nine times, oh. seven seasons, nine times, crazy. Eli, oh, he he played uh, Battlefront with me a lot. You know, when we were younger, we'd have like little sleepovers in the basement. We'd play Battlefront all the time. Yeah, my dad. He he loves the main trilogy, and then my mom she she, she uh, was on the little uh, bookshelf. She yeah. so she read a she read a book. Too. Yeah,
0: they get to write, uh, Kids get to hear story time as well. So you
1: mentioned Clone Wars. Did you like Rebels too?
4: Oh yeah, my favorite droid I put in for the little uh, form was Chopper, the main droid in that. So I really like Rebels. That's a good show.
0: If you were going to create a Star Wars story from scratch, who would be your your, your main character? What would you make this character? How would, would they be a Jedi? Would they be a Sith? Would they be something completely different?
4: I think it would have to do with something with Darth Maul from the time between Rebels and Clone Wars as he was like as they call it, the king of the underworld or, like, lord or something, I would have to do something with a story about that, not, main, not mainly about him, but, like, maybe a character that did it with him or, like, something like that, yeah.
0: Very cool. That'd be awesome. Are you going to be a a content creator at some point?
4: Um. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Like, I might, like, maybe make, like, a video or something, but I, I don't know.
0: What else do you do? Do you play sports do you? Are you a musician like your, like your siblings?
4: Yeah, I'll play, I play drums, so I play the snare drum and I play drum set for my jazz band. And then, yeah, I'll play tennis and then I'll run sometimes. Yeah, so:
1: So if we ever need another co-host, are you available on Wednesday nights when we usually record?:
4: Probably <laughs> I would, I would I would think so.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Jesse Mann, everyone. What a great job. Thank you, Jesse. Good job, buddy. Our next guest that we have coming up is actually a sponsor here this year. He is uh, the owner of Zeke's Comics and Games in Washington, Illinois. He brought comic books to Washington, Illinois, and games. And his name is Zach Kalina. Zach, welcome. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell us about your journey. Uh, let's, let's go back. Uh, how did you discover Star Wars, and, and how long have you been a Star Wars fan?
5: Cool, thank you. Um, I would say I first experienced it, like most, when we were kids, you know, generally speaking. Um, it was when they re-released New Hope. The first time in the theaters is when I was originally taken to the movies and saw it with my dad. And then after that, it was a matter of going to get the VHS tapes and, and getting that. And then going to Walmart and buying every single toy that was on the shelf. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then I remember when he first took me to Phantom Menace.
0: Very cool. And you, uh, like I said, you, you're you the owner of of Zeke's Comics and Games. So was were comic books part of that original story for you? Did
5: you read Star Wars comics? So... Most people grow up with comics. I was the opposite. I didn't really have comics as a kid. It was Adam West Batman, it was Star Wars, it was um, Michael Keaton and then it went into the Batman animated series was my first introduction to stuff. I didn't touch comics until I was in high school. It was the first time I actually experienced them. So it I actually didn't even start reading Star Wars comics until maybe in the last 12 years. So it really I was I read all the novels though pre, you know, excuse me, but pre-canon change. You know, I was reading all those, playing the video games and things like that. So how did you get into comics then? So the story goes, I was in a study hall class and had nothing better to do, so I decided to go down to the library, and they had a very small fictional section with just like maybe four graphic novels. I saw uh, Batman's Dark Knight Returns, and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Of course, that's what set the whole thing off. Then it was an entire summer blowing all the money that I had, buying every single graphic novel I could. My first Marvel book was actually Civil War, so it was really heavy books out of the gate, as you know, is my fandom. But um, but that's kind of how I first got into books. And then how does that transition? I think you were in the corporate world
0: for a little while. And and how did you uh, achieve your goal and dream of opening a store dedicated to comics and games?
5: Well, because she's here right now, my wife, Shelby, uh, is really the full reason why I'm successful. But I would say that the, the store came about because my cousin Brian had owned businesses and he wanted to always open a game store and a comic shop. And he always felt like, well, you're good at sales. You're good at people, you know, things like that. We could do things with you. And as the years went by, you know, my mom actually had told me, maybe you should get into doing, you know, business or sales or something like that. And I just kind of put the plan together over a series of years. And then it was a matter of meeting the wife and the right things landed at the same time. And, you know, um, moved down here, I'm not from here, and I I saw the market, and I thought there was an opportunity here in Washington to do it.
1: So what year was that, and then how, over the years, has it grown, expanded, and what are you looking forward to, hoping to accomplish in the future?
5: So we opened in 2015, we're finishing our ninth year, that's insane, Um, we are now at a point where I'm a full-time employee, I have a full-time employee, and two part-timers now, so it has grown exponentially. Um, a lot of it now is switching to pivot towards more community-based events to draw more attendance and things like that, putting bigger events together that would be gaming-oriented or, you know, free comic book day. data draws hundreds of people in. Um, online's a lot of it, too. It's It's moving into the online space and selling more and trying to move more volume and things like that. That's kind of where the growth is coming from.
0: Talk about your store. Uh, you have game nights pretty much every night of the week now, right? So, what are some of those games? Uh, I think a different type of game every single night, and 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 just tell me some of some of those types of events that you host.
5: Sure. So we have like a we have a game night every single night of the week, uh, starting on Tuesday nights. It's open play, kind of people play Magic the Gathering, which is around thirty years. Pokemon, hang out and play. Uh, we have Dungeons and Dragons running on Tuesday nights. Wednesdays is Yu-Gi-Oh!, which has been around for 25 years. They play card game tournaments. The youngest kid we have playing it, it's like nine right now, which is super fun. Thursday nights are what we call hobby night. It's a little bit of a smorgasbord of all the fandoms, so we have people who are drawing, we have people who are playing cards, building Gundam model kits, painting miniatures, playing games. It's kind of like a little bit all over the place. Friday's Magic, The Gathering, actually nationwide, it's called Friday Night Magic, so every game store that runs Magic is running it on Fridays, Saturdays are usually left for the special events. So if we're doing something that's like birthday parties or we have our, you know, miniature events on Saturdays because they take a lot of space up, we have to have a lot of space open for it. Uh, Disney's Lorcana, which just came out. Uh, We do Pokemon on Saturdays as well. And Sundays is our uh, Warhammer, which has been around 40 years. Uh, But Warhammer 40K, uh, we play that on Sundays as well. And to go along with uh, some
0: of, well, we've mentioned you sell comics, but you also sell statues and you have uh, some novels in there as well. Uh, tell us more about some of the products you sell.
5: Sure. So most of the shops, generally speaking, you go to the most comic shops, they're more vintage oriented. You know, obviously that's the easier market to, you have a lot of access to a lot of different things from people reselling and things. So when we first opened, I went against that because, most stores in the area were vintage oriented, so we went for more new products. So you would find manga, graphic novels, newer books. We still have old books, newer toys, newer models, um, you know, newer statues, uh, all the trading card games uh, we've carried. You know, card supplies, hobby supplies like paints, brushes, glue. I'm trying to think of everything I carry. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, all the different miniature game lines I carry, and uh, recently just sort of breaking, in, um, breaking into Japanese imported Pokemon plushies and things like that to try to change up some of the stuff they're carrying.
0: I want to ask you what draws you to comics. I, I think, you know, as, as we've progressed through society, these have been around for almost 100 years, over 100 years, I still love the art style. I love the variations in, in uh, artists' work. The stories are still compelling to me. What is it about comic books in general for you, and why do you think that's carried over and is still popular today?
5: I think everybody relates to visual medium, right? Everybody relates to a good story, a feel-good story, sad story, anything you want. I think what comics have that a lot of mediums, you know, they don't have the mix of the two, right? You read a novel, it's all in your imagination. Some of the best writers can take you there, but comics can show you there. And I think for me, I'm more of a the storytelling. A lot of the writing's kind of where I come from. I find the, the interesting aspects of, did the book make me feel something? Did I close that book and go, wow? Or was it a constant page turner? Um, there's the X-Men, uh, God Loves Man Kills was one of my first X-Men books. It's actually one of the most popular ones. And... One of the first and only books I've read in like one sitting got done, reread it again because I had felt so many emotions during it. And that's kind of how I look for books, but it's different for everybody. And I think that's why they're important. Every person sits down and reads a book for comics and are going to feel something different because of the visual medium. And some people might not like the art and it's subjective, but you can go on to the next one and the next one and the next one.
0: I want to wrap up by asking where we can find you online. You have a, a strong online presence.
5: So you can check us out at zeekscomicsandgames.com. We have an online shop you can do pickup orders at. You also find out all our schedules and everything we're running, Facebook.com slash Zeke's CG. We also have our Instagram, Zeke's CG Official, and that's pretty much the way you can find us. Zach Kalina, thank you so much. You,
0: awesome. From Zeke's Comics and Games in Washington, Illinois. We are going to wrap things up, but first I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, Sean had some John Williams news that we can touch on but also uh, you had the opportunity this year to see John Williams live and in concert at the Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood California and we we got to hear all about that story on the Hyperion Hub but something recent that happened uh, related to uh, John Williams you want to share that?
1: Yeah, so John Williams will be 92 in just a couple weeks from the time we're recording this episode, early February. And he just had the music building at Sony Studios named after him, the John Williams Music Building, which includes a bunch of different scoring stages and studios and things. He said that his dad brought him there when he was 9 or 10, and he remembers saying, I want to own this building one day. He said it only took me you know 80 some years to get there but that was very exciting and um, steven spielberg was there jj abrams a lot of the people that he's worked with Um, they said that he had recorded 20 of the 29 films he's done with steven spielberg in that building so it was very special time for him
0: i want to get your opinion on something so you know from the start john williams had a very his thumbprint his his fingerprints are all over star wars and recently, on some of the more uh, more recent TV shows, we actually heard other artists change the style of Star Wars music. And I happen to be somebody who believes that there's room for everyone, you know, at the table. Um, have you enjoyed some of the more recent uh, songs, or I should say, more recent soundtracks like to Mandalorian or to Ahsoka or some of those other shows that have come out?
1: Yeah, I think the first experience was with Kevin Kiner, who did music for Clone Wars. I think that was the first kind of non-John Williams. But he paid homage to Williams using some of those themes and kind of expanding it. But as that universe has continued to grow, I think, like you said, there's room for a lot of different styles. But they do all pay tribute in some way, shape, or form to John Williams, whether it's a a big symphonic sound or a beautiful melody associated with a character. You know, I mean, he's the he's the foundation, and I want to go back as we're talking about Steam. I think the M should be music, not mathematics. But that's that's just me.
0: There's mathematics in music, right? For most people, <laughs> uh, I will say I, I love uh, Mandalorian music, but the callback in the final episode of the second season, when spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker shows up, and we hear the traditional John Williams music, it is Goosebump time.
1: Well, and because we have been waiting for it. We hadn't had it for two seasons. And I remember sitting on the couch, and then I was on the edge of the couch, and then we were all up (laughs) waiting, who is this? And then when that theme broke through, it was magnificent, worth the wait.
0: Few tears, few tears. Well, we want to thank everyone who uh, sat in, and and all of our guests, and the folks who actually sat in and watched uh, the recording today. We thank you so much once again. We are the Hyperion Hub Podcast, your meeting place for all things Disney. You can find us on all the pod. Podcast platforms. You can find us on social media. You can email us at podcast at the hyperion com If you have a movie review, want to talk Star Wars, want to share your thoughts with us, you can record on your phone and send it to us at podcast at the Hyperion Hub.com and we may play it on the show. Until next week, thanks for listening, everyone.
3: We're glad you could
2: join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at the Hyperion Hub.com. Find us on social media. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub.